Hello and welcome to Bizarre Conspiracies. My name is Eric Patino and I am joined by Conrad Toll. So this subject is uh, a sensitive subject for a lot of people. We're going to be talking about 9-11, more specifically some theories uh, about the buildings and maybe even who did it? Maybe. Maybe we'll get into it, because we could probably talk for about four hours on this subject. Yeah. It, it kind of a, 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 see, it happened, what, 19 years ago now? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. It's, it it's, so, it's a little bit difficult to talk about in some ways, because it's hard to remember exactly what the what public was like back then. Well, at least for me, because I was so young. I was going to say, maybe you. <laughs> but so this happened obviously September the 11th, 2000, uh, 2001. And it was, I believe, a Tuesday. It happened on a Tuesday. Uh, around 8 through 9 in the morning is when the events began. And I remember vividly that day. You, you just, I guess you had to be of a certain age. Well, I to, remember the to, day. I just don't remember. It's it's hard to remember like what people, why people thought the way that they did back then. It, right. it's such a, it was such a different political climate. Right, right. <laughs> and, and by that, I mean... You know, the nations back then were different. It was it was such a polarizing day. It was it, it's like one of those. What were you doing and where were you when you heard about such yeah. and such? I was skateboarding. Most people <laughs> were in school. I was not. <laughs> yes, I was in school when it happened. Uh, they turned on the news in the projector in our uh, auditorium because we were in the auditorium every morning before we started classes because I went to a private school. And so they turned on the news. Everyone was uh, sitting down watching it. Uh, By then, the first tower that got hit was already hit. No one had coverage of uh, the plane smashing into that building. Yeah. And And I think they were just uh, at TV at that time. They were just covering it as a freak accident because – Exactly. No one thought it was a terrorist attack. Uh, no one thought it was a terrorist attack, even when the second plane hit the building, the the uh, second tower. And so I believe it was 18 minutes, 18 minutes after the first plane hit the first tower, the second plane hit the second tower. And the initial uh, speculation was it was a freak accident, maybe something wrong with the navigations. It wasn't until... A good 30 minutes to an hour later that they started speculating, maybe this was orchestrated. Maybe this was a terrorist attack, right? Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) what I remember, what everybody else remembers is uh, Secret Service telling Bush what had just occurred. And as everybody knows from the videos, he was at a children's school reading a book to them, right? I think that there was someone reading a book to the class, but it wasn't him. I think it was a kid uh, learning to read out loud. I thought it was Bush, but I mean, you could be right. Could be right. But either way, he was in a uh, school with little kids for some kind of uh, day event, and he did his first public speech. When he did his first public speech, he kind of immediately said this was a terrorist attack. So specifically Al-Qaeda attack, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So, and, and when did that happen? The the speech? Yeah. 
So the speech was about, I want to say an hour after the events. Because that's about when I figured it. Because when I figured out about it, because, you know, I was so young that I was not in school at the time. That's how young I was. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so I was under seven. <laughs> Uh, so when I, by the Wait, time that I you, heard about you, it, you didn't go to preschool. Uh, no. Oh man. Those were the best naps of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, by the time you heard about it. Yeah. Um, because, uh, it, I went, I was actually went to a friend's house because I was, I wasn't even home. I, sort of. I was in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. I think he had been hit, sent home from school. I'm not sure. Right. Yeah, because my school actually sent us home right before the cook. So the second plane was in view, headed to, headed towards the second tower. And before it crashed into the tower, they cut the feed so we wouldn't be traumatized, I guess. So they sent us home. And for the rest of that day, I was glued to CNN, just watching footage. Mm-hmm. And, and I went up to my friend's house and we were watching uh, stuff. And they were explaining it to me as a terrorist attack. And I was super confused at the time because I was like, wait a minute, this already happened because there was a bombing at the um, World Trade Center. Right. So that was what, 98? Yeah. So I had already heard about that. Right. And so I'm like, wait, 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 wait. because I didn't see planes. All I saw was burning buildings. I was like, yeah, they already bombed them. And they were like planes. And I was like, yeah, planes and bombs, you know, they go together, right? Because I didn't get it. <laughs> so, yeah, I was very confused at the time. The whole time I was watching, like, wait a minute. So who dropped bombs? And so, <clears throat> I mean, how? But I think that was probably the question everyone was asking. Who dropped bombs, but not quite like that? Who hijacked planes? Yeah, who was responsible for this? But I'm curious, actually. So how long was it until you uh, started to understand what happened at 9-11? Was it several years later? No, it was probably later that day when I went home Uh and my parents were re-explaining everything to me. Uh, So uh, I also want to mention that uh, before the event happened that day, you you didn't really see a a hardcore, uh, what do you call it? Patriotism uh, until after it happened. I saw so many flags after the event. Mm-hmm. And us both growing up in Texas. Right. Yeah. And I think that really changed a lot of things about patriotism and all that. And I grew up on that and I thought that was normal. So to me, I didn't see a change. I'm like, yeah, it's always been this way. Oh, interesting. Yeah, before that, uh, there was hardly anybody having a flag on their car or in their lawn. Of course, you would see it, you know, for veterans who were in the service. They would usually have a flag somewhere in their house. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, it was everywhere after those events, immediately after. So let's get into some theories here. So we all know what happened, right? Even if you were as young as Conrad or even if you weren't born yet, if you grew up in the U.S., you most likely heard of the story and you've seen a ton of videos about it, right? Everybody knows about 9-11. What I want to know is, why did the buildings fall down so quickly after a plane attack? The way I understood it is that the Twin Towers were actually designed to withstand a, a, a plane crash. Yes. So why did it collapse so easily? 
There was initial theories about it there being uh, uh, pre-installed bombs uh, that got detonated. Uh, I can't even speak right now. That got um, detonated simultaneously as a, uh, the plane crashed. <clears throat> do Do you think that is why the plane, uh, the towers, fell down so quickly? Uh, no. Uh, I believe it's because the tw- Twin Towers were built in the 1970s or something. Um, let's see. i got to look this one up. Uh, wonderful. <laughs> 1973. Yeah. And they were rammed by the Boeing 767, 747. Um, Had two engines, right? Uh, I believe so. i look this one up, too. So, yeah. They were... The Boeing 747 was... Uh, first tested about four years prior to the completion of the t- Twin Towers building. The the Boeing 47 was larger than any plane that had been... Um, so when they were designing the Twin Towers, that happened before um, the invention of the Boeing 47. They started construction, and then the Boeing 47 was then finished, and then they finished the buildings. So at the, they were invented around the same time. So the building wasn't constructed to withstand a Boeing 747, is what you're right. saying. Right. Okay. It, it, so it was it, it was meant to make a do. Ah. <laughs> Let me try that again. It was meant to do a a, a plane, be able to receive a hit from a plane, mm-hmm. but just not a plane of that magnitude. Right, right. I, I feel as though I have to put in an Amalak bar uh, <laughs> vote there. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Right. I'm bad with these 9 11 jokes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the story I've been told is they were designed to withstand a hit from a smaller plane. Uh, I don't don't know if there were much larger planes than that, but, you know, if you hit a, plane, a building with any kind of plane, it's going to take a lot of damage. You can't make something ram-proof. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, but even even if that, they were saying that the steel structures that the building had would not have uh, disintegrated the way they did uh-huh. because of a plane crash. So that's where the whole argument over does um, jet fuel melt steel beams. And so I I went and I looked up in preparation for this. The melting point of iron is. 2100 degrees Fahrenheit or 1100 degrees Celsius. And if we go down to steel, carbon steel is higher, a higher melting point of 2600 degrees Fahrenheit or 1400 Celsius. Stainless steel is about about the same. They've, they fluct, uh, stainless steel is like right in the middle of the fluctuation of where you can find a st- stainless, a carbon steel melting point. I don't actually know what I-beams are made out of. I'm guessing it's probably closer to carbon steel than stainless steel, just looking at it. So that, so you would imagine that uh, jet fuel does not reach that temperature. It, it doesn't. However, I, I went and looked up this uh, about uh, foraging metal. If it isn't, cl- uh, I should probably explain this to the audience. I am not actually one for the conspiracy theories of 9-11. Like the, the, main, the main ones... I'm kind of a naysayer on those ones, but there are other theories that are for. So I do believe that there were planes, and I do believe that there wasn't any um, foul play behind the, the planes taking them down. I don't know what you believe, Eric. So <laughs> I'm 
I'm more on the naysayer side of this. But. Well, I haven't really joined a side on okay. uh, how the buildings collapse. I just want to know how they collapsed. Okay. So my understanding of it is I was reading this thing about steel foraging. So the melting point where you can turn iron into a puddle is around 2500, uh, yeah, 2,500 degrees. 25 is our number. Now, when you're foraging metal, when you're when you're wanting to beat on it with a hammer and change its shape, you start at 1500. So that's a whole thousand degrees lower temperature there, and that's when you're taking a hammer and you're just changing the shape of metal. Now, when you're finished shaping the metal, doing the big changes, you cool it down another 500 degrees to only around 1100 degrees Fahrenheit, which is much cooler than the 2400 to turn it into a puddle. And then you take a, um, a smaller hammer, uh, a ball peen hammer, and then you peen it into the uh, whatever your f- fixture is that you're making. You do the, the smaller adjustments with that. And then once it cools, you know, you do the rest of the shaping with like a file. So if you can take a hammer and shape it and form it a, a little bit at just 1100 degrees, and that you're, that's when you're doing the fine tuning, but you can do like the large changes in the forge at just 1500 degrees. What that shows is that metal rapidly loses its strength as it's melted as it approaches its melting point at an exponential amount. So if you take a, a piece of metal at room temperature, you would call that 100% strength for this example, and then you heat it up to like 500 degrees, it probably does not actually lose all that much strength, let's say maybe 10% at that point. But when you go up another 500 degrees, it's probably going to, as it moves up this um, exponential curve, of its strength to um, all of that, it, it, it strength to temperature ratio, you get it so it, it is more pliable and it loses a lot more of its strength more rapidly until eventually it turns into a puddle and it has no strength. So you don't actually have to get it into a puddle because they uh, the planes hit the Twin Towers pretty high up if you're looking at the picture, but there were still 17 or so stories up to go. Now, if you think of a 17-story building, you're just thinking of that top section. So you say you have a 17-story building, and on the bottom of that building, you raise the temperature to, say, 1,000 degrees, where someone can physically take a hammer and make changes in the the shape of the steel. What's the weight of that 17 stories above going to do to the shape of those I-beams? You know, just that constant pressure of 17 stories of building. What's it going to do to it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What, what does it do to it? Well, I, I'm saying it's going to crush it. It doesn't have the strength anymore. So if it's you can gonna, take a so, hammer. So it's going to it's going to collapse because of the pressure. Yeah, because it's been weakened. Not that it's been melted, but that it's been weakened. Now, here's my my the theory that I run ac- ran across that changed. I ran across this back in 2015, and that's this is what changed my opinion on the whole thing is if you look at the burning of the building right before it collapses right you'll you can see the where where the fire is the um the in the, the building starts to this to squeeze in the the lines if you look closely at the twin towers it has these long lines that's the way it was formed it's not that it's like it didn't have a flat surface it had these big metal i don't know pillars almost sticking out but they weren't like sticking out and separated they were like um 
protrusions from the side of the building. They were still part of the building. It wasn't like a pillar that separated, but they were, they were supports that went up the side. If you're looking at these big metal long lines that go up the entire length of the building, they sink inwards. And the reason for that, that I believe, is those the, the metal supports on the inside were beginning to melt and sag and beginning to pull inwards. Because, you know, if you have the lateral, um, the lateral supports holding up the floor, right? And they start to uh, melt and go and sag. It's going to cause the ones that are on the outside to pull in. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you have a cot and it's got two uh, beams on either side and you put a bunch of weight in the middle to cause it to sag more, it's going to pull in at those points where it was tied. Mm. And then right before it falls, those metal beams pop back out straight right before the right as the building starts to fall. I see. Which I believe meant that the middle snapped and caused uh, the middle supports broke. And then the first floor falls onto the, 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 you know, the 17th floor up from the bottom falls down and crushes the other one. And that just, that weight just causes a, uh, a chain reaction of stuff falling downwards. Mm, okay. And it just crushes the rest of the building down because it, it falls onto the next floor, which then breaks the supports of the next floor. Right, it's just right. brute force at that point. Not melting at that point. It's just forced because of the chain reaction. It breaks each one as it goes down. So the, generally what people will say after that point, which would be reasonable, is why would it fall that fast if each individual floor is crumbling? Mm-hmm. It's falling pretty right, fast, right? right, right. right? Um, now, I, I didn't find the math of what would be the free fall time, but if the, the total time of the building, I believe, it was 17 seconds behind free fall. So if you took a rock from the top of it and you threw it and it just fell, you can see that it... Um, that rock reached the ground 17 seconds before the top of the building reached the ground. If you look at any of the videos, you can see that there is debris falling faster than the building. So it's not in a complete free fall. So it is falling slower. Okay. Well, um, is there anything else you want to add to that? Uh, to, to that side of the argument? If there was explosions that were taking the building down, you know, like bombs that were... Uh, sure. Detonated. They would be very loud. Right. Uh, but, th- but, th- but there have been reports of people saying, uh, even just like a block away, that they heard like a sonic sound that took out their entire electricity in their apartment or their home or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure it was very loud. Yeah, the whole thing would have been very loud. But there's, there's a very different type of sound between something crumbling and falling and the loud snap of a higher explosive. Would you associate that with something like a sonic boom sound? Uh, yeah, I suppose it would. Because there actually have been several people reporting a sonic boom sound. I think you know, this it's, is- it's really interesting is because, you know, uh, in the time of this recording, it's very close to an event called the uh, Lebanon uh, explosion so there's a lot there's a big explosion you were telling me about this yeah yeah so you know there's i I, they wouldn't have near that kind of an explosion to take down a building you don't see the shockwave outside of it but there's a significant because what was ah, it wouldn't be even be loud enough to break glass really the explosion right most most demolitions are done in a way that you right right Hmm. it wouldn't affect anything around it Mm mm-hmm 
I guess that wouldn't really be the case with the Twin Towers, though, because it did affect a lot of stuff around it. Right, right, right. So could that... So because of that, do you think that throws out the theory of it being uh, bombs planted in the building? Not necessarily. From the videos that I saw when the building started to the fall, unless that they've been edited, I don't hear the loud crack from the videos that I've seen. But then again, it's not like they're all, hey, could the videos be edited to take out the crack? Yeah, that would be difficult. And you would think that there'd be at least one or so that would show the, the, the crack. Because I've seen lots of demolition videos of buildings being uh, imploded from the inside. Right, I, right. You know, they're quite interesting. I, I like watching those. <laughs> well, there's quite a, actually a lot of videos on YouTube that yeah. will take the what happened at the Twin Towers with a uh, side-by-side shot of a demolition happening at the same time with the sound on, right? Uh-huh. So there is a sound difference there, and obviously the effects around the building that's being destroyed on either or is completely different. Right, because it's crumbling from the top down, down not, right not from the uh, from the bottom up it's not you an even explosion is what i'm saying but if you were trying to fake a uh, demolition uh, a, a terrorist attack you would you wouldn't you wouldn't make it obvious would you right of course not no of course not but then there's the other question of if they were doing a demolition why wouldn't they do set the charges off as soon as the plane hit you know to what reduce the the sound effects? No, because it looks less suspicious that way. If a oh, plane hits a saying. building and right, right, immediately right. starts falling down, I mean there wouldn't be any question. Plane hits building, building falls down. What you expect, right? I think there would be question if that happened. Actually, I don't think any. I, okay, so I believe one of the towers was a tourist attraction, right? There was a, a restaurant inside one of the towers that anyone can go visit. You could take a tour around the tower. Mm-hmm. So there, there are expert, uh, what do you call them, guides? Yeah. Ab- about the buildings themselves. Yes. Right? And uh, maybe even common New Yorkers or uh, people who live in New Jersey know about the structure of these buildings. Yeah. So if it immediately fell from a plane attack, I think that would raise suspicion to a lot of people. Well, would it, though? Because it's a big plane and it smashes into a building, you could just say that it cracked some of the beams and the building fell from there. So you think they would have played something like, oh, well, it obviously hit a weak point of the beams, causing it to collapse a lot quicker Mm -hmm. than normal. Not a weak point. It's a plane, for that out loud. It's a plane, but still. It's supposed to have some kind of barrier to mm-hmm. to help protect uh, the plane crashes. True. But I, I don't know. To me, it'd be more of a convincing thing than, well, it crashed, and then it held, but then there was a fire, and then <laughs> the fire knocked it down. Right. Because to me, if I'm just a simple-minded person, right? Because the government thinks we're all stupid, right? I see plane, plane hit building, building fall down. It, it makes less sense for plane hit building, building stand, building stand, building stand, building fall. <laughs> but but that's what happened. Right. So there was initial calls to the uh, 911 emergency service uh, from the, the first tower that got hit from people from the restaurant saying, I just heard a bomb go off on the floor below us. There's smoke everywhere. Please send help right away, right? Uh-huh. And there was another call from the building across that had not been hit yet from the second tower saying, 
I think there was a bomb that just went off in the in the building next to us. Mm-hmm. So everyone was initially saying bomb, 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 bomb. They didn't think plane. Right. And I suppose that's a, another one of the theories that there was no plane ever. Well, yeah, there there's initial theories of people saying there was never a plane that hit it. It was missiles. Well, my my question to those people is, how are you going to confuse a missile with a plane? You're not going to. Right. And there was a lot of people who saw planes. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, go back to the videos. It clearly is a plane. Yeah. Well, the, the theory goes that the planes were edited in. Well, I'm going to call PS on that because. Ah, I would too, because it's a big, the thing hits the plane, right? And then within 20 minutes, like everybody's filming it. And the same thing happened in Baru when the explosion went off. There was the primary explosion, and then much later, there was the larger secondary explosion. So that's why there's so many videos of the secondary explosion, because as soon as the first explosion went off, people started filming it. As soon as the first plane hit it, hit the the tower, and I don't even know if there is a video of the first plane hitting the tower. I haven't seen one yet. There sure is plenty of videos of the second one. Yes. And, weirdly enough, there is no footage of the plane that supposedly hit the Pentagon. I've never I've seen I've never seen footage of a plane hitting a Pentagon. I've seen video after the fact mm-hmm. of the so-called plane hitting the Pentagon. I so the 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 uh, Pentagon had a much lower quality security film because back in the two thousands they had a, a security film that all it did really is take a picture every ten seconds to save on space or something like that. Uh, do you believe that? <laughs> it's yeah. the Pentagon. I don't believe that. Why well, would the Pentagon have security footage that is, is subpar to what they really need for high? I think all security, high security film was back then because I don't think they had electronic data storage, did they? Where you could just digitally record things. They had to have. Could really? Yeah. I thought I thought that like everything would store if you if you digitally stored it. It would have to be on like a DVD or something. It's not well, like okay, so like I don't, I don't know. If, card. I don't know if they had unlimited storage, like a massive hard drive, where all their security footage went to. But I do know they had high, high capacity discs. That's mm-hmm. kind of like a Blu-ray disc, where it has like fifty or a hundred gigs on a on a single disc that stores okay. that data. So they had plenty of room. Right. I, I just think that I do know that security cameras like that in the time were quite prevalent and that on on the entirety of the Pentagon they have cameras like that it's not like there's with a higher grade camera somewhere else just wasn't looking I do know that there was like a lot of those cameras and they recorded a lot of footage from many different days including 9-11 and so there is one or two pictures from one of these um security films where people point at it and say that's a missile and other people say no that's sticking up from the bottom of the film right there is the uh dorsal fin <laughs> what do you call that thing that stands up in the back it's the rudder the rudder of the plane so some people say that that thing right there you see that's the rudder and other people go no that's the missile no that's a rudder that's a missile well i'm kind of up in airs to whether or not it was a plane or a missile when it comes to the pentagon I'm probably leaning more towards missile. Mm-hmm. So there is footage. I would, 
I need to send you like a picture or something because that's all it is. It's not really a video. It's like two pictures. <laughs> and there's a wisp of smoke um, that looks kind of weird and spirally. There's a corkscrew. I don't know if missiles do corkscrews as they fly. That's actually I, I a good question. I, w- I actually wouldn't know. I, I, think, so, I don't think so. I think missiles fly pretty stable. I think they have wings and they don't just continuously roll like a bullet. I think they're pretty stable and sit with an up and a down. Um, would that be like a guided missile? What, well, what, what kind else of missile would are we hitting? A guided missile, like like a tomahawk missile. I don't. I don't actually know the type of missiles. That's why I rely on you, the expert. <laughs> so okay, well, but let's go back to the twin towers for a second. Uh-huh. Let's just say it was a missile, not a plane that hit the twin towers. Would a missile not cause more damage? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it uh, have uh, a much more um, intense explosion towards the top? Sort of, but no, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing with explosives: when the when the plane hit the tower, uh, we were talking just uh, the other day about. Um, that missing airline, right? And we're talking about fuel quantity and all that. So these planes that all were used in the hijackings were flying from New York to California. They had a lot of fuel in them. That's why they were selected because they were going to make a long flight and they wanted fuel. The hijackers specifically picked planes. Well, I know one came from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So yeah, was that the one that crashed out in the field? That yeah, that's the one where the passengers yeah. Uh, retaliated. Uh, yeah, the target of that one is unknown. It, yeah, but it I was unknown. It would be close. So some people think it was a nuclear reactor. Some people think it was the 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 White House was the target. Okay, uh, that would have been that would have been kind of long, right? Kind of a long distance from New Jersey to the White House. Mm, I don't think so because it, New Jersey's right across. Is straight from Virginia, isn't it? Ah, boy. There's there's two bays. I'm probably mixing up in my head. I don't my I don't, I don't I don't know my geography at the moment, but, but uh, you know, back in elementary school, yes, I would have known. Right now, <laughs> no. I do know that New Jersey's right across the bay from something, and I don't know if it's Maryland or if it's Virginia. Oh boy. Anyway, I, I, don't I don't think know. it would have been uh, that far of a flight. So you don't you don't think it would have been out of the realm of possibility to make it to the White House? Not at all. Cause uh, yeah, no, it would have just been it. It would have been from New from New Jersey. No, no, no. You said Delaware. Delaware. No, you said New Jersey. You're New Jersey. Right. New Jersey. So yeah, yeah, you would have had to. F- so yeah, it would have it was a different bay. Uh, so it would have flown. Delaware is right across. Um, from uh, Virginia. So would have had to have flown from New Jersey over Delaware to Washington. So that would have been about 70 miles. Okay. Eh. So what was the significance on the, on the choices of the buildings that they wanted to attack? I know the Pentagon is um, a governmental they, building, but why, why the Twin Towers? Why well, they even, were the tallest but, buildings in America. But why why both? Why not just hit one, take the third and fourth plane somewhere else? I don't. I think it's because there was a lot of people in the building. Because if you look at the casualties of the crash against the Pentagon, very low casualty. 
Okay. Yeah, um, right, right, right. Like a, under 200, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Um, but overall, the the entire the entire uh, attack was just under I uh, just under 3,000 people killed, including the passengers on the planes and and the terrorists. All within an hour. Yeah. So if you're well, the the three hits, I think the one that crashed was beyond the hour mark. I don't remember where it crashed, but right, it was limited casualties to to the plane. Because mm-hmm. the plane was mostly empty. That one was. Uh, so with, I think the ones when they hit. So if you look at the 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 death ratio between the twin tower hit and just uh, one one tower. And the Pentagon, it's a huge difference. And also, the Twin Towers were very iconic at the time. Right. I remember, even as a kid, looking at pictures of the Twin Towers in books and going, that's pretty cool. Right. Uh, So, it was to attack an iconic picture, but then also to attack a lot of people at once. I don't think you could have gotten a higher uh, kill Number so 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 it was a different target. So it was a statement to take out the twin towers. I think so. Now I think the conspiracy goes that the twin towers for you know the World Trade Center, and I think that the idea is that the, the ah, I forget there was some reason why the government didn't like the World Trade Center or wanted to attack the World Trade Center to promote the one world government. I forget. Well, okay, uh, so I don't remember if it was because of the 1998 bombing or of the 9-11 attacks, but there was a theory that the government wanted the gold. There was a, a vault underneath the Twin Towers that had a lot of gold that they wanted to take and not account for it. Uh-huh. That was one of the theories. I just don't remember if it was the 98 bombings or if it was 9-11 attacks. Which, obviously, it was never confirmed that there was any gold or even a vault under there. I'm sure there was a vault, but who's going to confirm there was gold, right? So, mm-hmm. But the next big theory that, that's uh, very controversial around 9-11 is how quickly they identified the attackers. You know, I hadn't thought about that one. How did they even identify the attackers? Exactly. How did they identify the attackers and how quickly... They came up with it. It was a couple of hours later in the afternoon when the attacks and that they released the the list of the attackers of the uh, quote unquote uh, Al Qaeda members and everybody involved. And people are saying, well, okay, for them to have released the the attackers so quickly, the accusers, they had to have had previous knowledge of the attack. So my question is, did they did they have previous knowledge attacks? Yes. They did. They were, uh, there was several people that were, that reported to, um, Bush, allegedly, that said that there was an attack imminent. They didn't know what kind of attack. Then they said that it it was a hijacking attack of some kind, but they didn't know what the targets were. And then apparently, the story, the, the official story is, they received a message uh, that they didn't weren't able to decrypt until the day after 9/11, but they received it the day before 9/11. That said, mm. that tomorrow is the attack day. So, if they had this previous knowledge, do you think they could have prevented it? Um, hmm. 
Yes, uh, but I don't think they would have prevented it in the method of um, stopping them before they get on the plane and hijack it. I think they would have stopped it by the method of shooting them, pla- shooting the planes down. Now there is some speculation that the that there was a reason why the planes that the planes weren't shot down, even though they were known to be hijacked. Uh, what theory was that? Um, that the hijackings happened, but then they were all allowed to continue. You know, so the government was like, oh, "We can shoot them down, but we're not going to because we don't want to." Why do you think they didn't want to? Well, there's two theories. One is they didn't want to shoot down the, t- the planes because they thought, "Well, wait, we don't know what's going to happen." If we shoot down the planes, these we don't know that these hijackings are going to be um, suicide uh, kamikazes, right? So they could just be hijackings because they want to fly somewhere else. Because with the fuel to fly from New York to California, you could fly a lot of places. And if you wanted to go somewhere and you didn't, but you did, like you wanted to fly to, say, Canada somewhere, or you wanted to fly to Cuba. There have been hijackings where people wanted to flee the United States for some reason. So they hijacked a plane. Um, So it could be that they said, well, we don't want to shoot down planes that have American citizens in them because if they do, if we do, then what happens? We we kill American citizens and maybe we didn't need to because there's a lot of these hijacked planes where they flew wherever they wanted to go. They landed and let everybody go. I think if that happened nowadays and the plane was hijacked, they would probably shoot it down. Probably. Speaking of which, did you know that most Americans post 9-11 have anxieties about flying? <laughs> yes, More I do. More so than beforehand? Yes, I do. Uh, I'm probably one of them. I have, uh, I have a fear of flying. Never flown anywhere, but I don't think I'll ever try. <laughs> I'd probably... Well, that's not true. I, I, I would go. I uh, I would say some prayers before I would go, though. Would, would you call people and be like, I'm going to fly. I think this is the last time I see you. I just wanted to tell you. No, I buried no, no, all no. the cash in the backyard in a coffee can. But if by I don't the, die, by you the way, from me. It's by the not way. in the backyard and it's not in a coffee can. <laughs> by the way, I'm D.B. Cooper. No, I don't think it would be that dramatic. I would still be very scared to get on that plane. You know, next time I fly, I'm going to do that anyways. Call somebody and be like, just out here now. And then, you know, however many hours later, I made it. Smiley face. <laughs> just send a text message. Be all knowledge. Anyway. I, but, you know, in, in response to that, there really is no fear behind that nowadays anymore, or there shouldn't be anymore, because there's plenty of reports saying it's a lot safer to fly a plane nowadays than it was before. Yeah, since when are fears rational? Uh, well, I don't know. Fear of spiders and snakes, that's pretty rational. <laughs> fear of being ridiculed in public, that's, that's rational to an extent. <laughs> Some people might not care, but, you know, there are other people that do care. All right, so let's let, let's get into the meat of this whole 9-11 conspiracy. Who did it? Do you right. think it was Al-Qaeda? Or, in fact, do you think it was our own government? For whatever reason. I believe that it was Al-Qaeda. Purely based on the fact of Osama bin Laden. 
So he did claim this right off the bat. This is our attack. Mm-hmm. And he said it several times. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of proof that our government did it as well. So who's right? So uh, it, I think it boils down to uh, motive. Right. So who would have incentive to pull off uh, the greatest terrorist attack in human history? Obviously, we know what the motive for Osama bin Laden would be, right? He, well, he hates America. Sort of. It's not quite that simple, but... Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, but I'm talking about the, 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 the motive, the undeniable motive that he has is hatred right. for America. Hatred for Americans. Yeah, that's a general, I guess, simple explanation. There, there's so a lot of stuff be... that combines with it, and I think uh, most of it stems down to, look... For a very good reason, right? America, uh, the the UK, uh, several other countries don't want these other countries to have nuclear weapons or nuclear capability. Mm-hmm. And um, what is, what is where is he from? Iraq, right? He's from Iraq or Iran? One of the two. They didn't uh, want. He's who? Osama. Osama. Yeah, Osama bin Laden. Uh, he's from Saudi Arabia. Oh, Saudi Arabia. Okay, never mind. I'm thinking of probably uh, Hussein then, right? Yeah, Saddam Hussein. He's Iraq. Okay. So I I got my terrorists on like some, but nonetheless, right? They didn't want these these other countries to have nuclear bombs. America is going around the world becoming a quote-unquote dictator of who can have what. Um, I guess not really even America, though. I would just say the UN. Could that be motive enough to, to want to pull off this terrorist attack? I suppose. And it kind of actually goes with my conspiracy theory on the whole thing. So my theory runs a little differently. Uh, my, mine is that the conspiracy theory about the 9-11 is in itself the conspiracy theory. That this conspiracy theory around the government doing 9-11 is, was created after the invasion of Iraq the second time. So, you know, there was like the two uh, Persian uh, Gulf Wars. Uh, one's known as the Persian Gulf War and the other is known as the uh, Iran, I- I- the Iraq War, the Iraqi War. But it's also sometimes called the uh, second Go- Persian Gulf War. So the, uh, so after the invasion of the uh, Iraq, and that was the whole thing about the weapons of mass destruction and they were going after Saddam Hussein and Saddam Hussein is close to having nukes and we don't want the smoking gun of Saddam Hussein to be a mushroom cloud. That That's the, the I think a quote from the defense secretary. Anyway, so the, the theory goes that my theory is the government created the 9-11 conspiracy theories that the government did it so that way they could frame anyone who said bad stuff about the Iraq war as being an insane conspiracy theorist and get them tied in with the 9-11 conspiracy because that one is crazy. So if you can get the crazy people to the the people who are calling you out for invading Iraq for an unidentified reason, which I have a theory about what that is. So if you're invading Iraq and you have a 
illicit motive there and you're lying about the weapons of mass destruction but you want to cover it up what you do is you get the people who are coming up with conspiracy theories about why you're actually invading iraq you tie them together with people who are with the most hated um attack that just happened but from actually terrorists and you say that the actually terrorists didn't exist but instead it was the united states government and you make a crazy conspiracy theory and you link the two the non-crazy and the crazy together then you make the non-crazy ones look crazy that's my theory i don't think i quite follow so you're saying that <laughs> we want us to okay so, so right okay at- so you're saying the u.s government didn't want the attention or the reasoning behind why they're attacking Iraq so that people won't look at them instead of look at us? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. So after the attack uh, on 9-11, the response was the invasion of Afghanistan, not Iraq. Separate event. So they went after Afghanistan where Osama bin Laden was at the time, where Al-Qaeda was at the time. They drove them into Pakistan, but they stayed in Afghanistan. Then, two years later, Bush invades Iran, saying that there's weapons of mass destruction there. Kind of supposedly separate, but that's about when the conspiracy theory appeared about the 9-11 conspiracies. Those weren't immediately right off the bat the conspiracy theories about the government perpetrating 9-11 started. Those started after the invasion of Iraq. So I'm saying the government started the ones about the ones in Iraq because there was a lot of people who were saying that there were no weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. So they were tying together the people who were saying um, uh, Bush lied, people died, and tying those people together with 9-11 conspiracies uh, theorists who think that the government attacked their own people. So they're tying this not-so-crazy one together with the crazy one. Oh. So they're trying to combine two separate theories. No, no, no. They created the crazy one to tie together with the non-crazy one. Well, I mean, well yeah. That's kind of what I meant. The two different theories together. Yeah, so I don't think... Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's my 9-11 conspiracy but it goes even further because I haven't explained what Bush's real reason for invading Iraq was. Well, uh, elaborate on that. I want to hear it. <laughs> we, ha- we have time. We have time. Go ahead. So you know Saddam Hussein, right? Yes. What is Saddam Hussein's backstory? Do you know? Other than he was supposedly a ruthless dictator, and he, and he kind of was, but I really did not look into the background of his All right. So another story that because there's all these things that mix together. There's two Persian Gulf Wars, the Iraq-Iran War, and then there's also the one in there about uh, the Afghan uh, War. So uh-huh. you've got like these four different wars that people often confuse, and a lot of people they just tune out when you're talking about the Middle East. Most of them couldn't match which is Iran and which one's Iraq on the map, right? They might even right, get right, Afghanistan right, right. mixed up in the order. Right, right. So you take Iraq, uh, sorry. So the war- Iran. Uh, so, <clears throat> this goes back to the 70s. So in the 70s, there was the Iraq-Iran war, and that was between Saddam Hussein and Iraq. So he was the leader of Iraq, and he was fighting Iran. So Iraq and Iran were having a war. Right. 
both sides, I believe, are dictators. And then both sides are being backed by other people in the Cold War, because the Cold War was going on in the 70s. And that's what... Um, <laughs> And the U.S. was backing Saddam Hussein at the time. And the Russians and the Chinese were backing Iran. But then it, it was actually even more confusing than that. Because you'll find that the Iraqis, I believe, the, the Iraqis had American tanks, but Soviet airplanes. While the Iranians had a, a, a French planes, I believe, and Soviet uh, tanks. So it, it was kind of weird to look at all the different backings. And then Saudi Arabia was also backing Iraq. Then, uh, but the overall thing is Saddam was saying with a bad guy. They were mm -hmm. both bad guys. Mm -hmm. It's sort of, sort of the, the, oh boy. It, 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 it's a little complicated. It's very complicated. But the, the thing is, they, people saw uh, Saddam Hussein as a good guy at the time, and they backed him. But then the first Persian Gulf War happened after the Iraq-Iran War, which did nothing. Pretty much the borders didn't change. Just a lot of people died. Like a ton of people died. But right. Saddam Hussein in the Iraq-Iran War used poison gas, both uh, chemical, um, chemical mustard gas and the nerve gas as well against the Iranians. Mm -hmm. So he had weapons of mass destruction at that time. Then the war with the Persian Gulf happened where Saddam Hussein went from this good guy that the Americans were backing to this bad guy who was invading Kuwait. And then that's when George Bush Sr. attacked and invaded Iraq. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I was just going to ask you, when is George, uh, George Bush Sr. going to come into the picture? So they invade they defeat Saddam Hussein. Saddam Hussein stays in power, but his army is wiped out. It was a to total raffle stomp, the Persian Gulf War, the first. Then time goes on. Russia invades um, Afghanistan, and that's the Russian-Afghan War. And that is when Al-Qaeda is created by, um, what's his name? Saddam Hussein, not Saddam Hussein. Uh, Osama? Osama bin Laden. Thank you. Anyway. The Americans back Saddam, uh, um, Saddam Hussein. No. Osama. Messed it up. Osama bin Laden. It's not helpful that I'm messing up names in this complex mess. <laughs> I'm following you, though. I'm following you. Then after the Russians leave, which is really sad because if you look at the whole Afghan-Soviet war, there was a, actually a very good, uh, at least from what I can tell, good uh, ruler of Af uh, Afghan. He was modernizing the country. He was uh, allowing women's rights and all of that sort of stuff, which was like a big deal. And mm -hmm. then a pro-Soviet uh, communist during the Cold War assassinated that guy and took over Afghanistan. And then the Russians were backing uh, this coalition that assassinated the leader and trying to get them more power because, you know, there were Soviets taking over Afghanistan and the Soviets liked that. Because uh -huh. it's the Cold War. And because it's the Cold War, the Americans hop on the opposite side of everybody who's anti-commie, right? right. If you're anti-commie, doesn't care what your backing is, doesn't care how bad you are, we're backing you. That's how we ended up backing good guy Osama bin Laden, who then turned out to be later bad guy. <laughs> right, right. So this whole thing has its root in the Cold War. So eventually, 
as you know, everything goes back to Hitler, right? Because, you know. Anyway. Sure, sure. Everything, <laughs> everything degrades there. Anyway, Cold War. Yeah, Soviet. Uh, so then you got Afghanistan uh, with Osama bin Laden there. But then you've got Osama, uh, uh, Saddam Hussein who had chemical weapons. But then he was invaded and they told him no more chemical weapons. But he still had chemical weapons left over from the previous war that maybe sort of proved justification. Anyway, so they saw saw Saddam Hussein as the bad guy, kind of like how we would see uh, Kim Jong-un today, right? Uh Or take another boogeyman that we have on the scene. Uh, Probably the same as we see the Iranian um, Aitolas, right? You know, because Iran, uh, Iran, Iran, yes, Iran is the one that we're all talking about getting nukes right now, uh-huh. right? Because there was a whole, uh, should we have the Trump in, Trump pulled us out of the nuclear gl- agreement with Iran? I'm sure you've heard of that, right? Uh, yeah, I've heard, I've heard a little Vaguely. bit about it. Yeah, you've yeah, heard yeah. a little bit of when Obama was in, it, it was in stating that. Of course. So yeah. it's all about Iran being the boogeyman now. So you got Iran. <laughs> so they saw Osama bin Laden as the same way. And then George Bush, if you're looking George Bush Jr., if you're looking at the way that he's going about uh, the entire attack, he was always asking, is Osama bin Laden involved? Is Osama bin Laden involved? Because Osama bin Laden, wait, I meant to say the other guy, Saddam Hussein, the leader of Iraq, is he involved with a terrorist attack? Is he involved with a terrorist attack? And he's looking for a reason to attack Saddam Hussein. He had a predetermined reason that he wanted to kill Saddam Hussein mm. before he even got into office. Because Saddam Hussein tried to kill uh, George Bush Sr. Okay. The, so <laughs> he already dislikes this guy before he gets into office. He gets into office. He still doesn't like the guy. He's trying to find ways to invade him. He finally trumps up the um, – boy, why do all the names have to be confusing? I, he creates up all of these different – um, reasons to invade Iran. No, Iraq. <laughs> anyway, so then he invades Iraq in this um, post 9-11 scenario where he has a lot more because um, he thinks that there's nuclear weapons about to be had, right? Mm-hmm. And he thinks that there's all of these things to be fine because he in his mind has convinced himself that Saddam Hussein is the boogeyman. He's the Kim Jong-un. He's the Ayatollah. He's the bad guy. So he's assuming the worst about Saddam Hussein. He goes in, he conquers Iraq, he finds no weapons of mass destruction except the ones that are left over from uh, the Iranian-Iraq war from the 70s. Okay. He doesn't find any nukes. Right. And that's when people start saying that he's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I remember so that. That's when he starts going, you know what? You crazy folks are actually the crazy ones because you think that I orchestrated this whole thing from the very beginning, meaning I attacked the Twin Towers. It's not my fault. <laughs> so that's my take on 9 11. There was a war that was done by another war that created the next war. Which was then tied in link with another war with, with the other guy that was created. That he did this one thing and he disliked the other guy and that guy was mad at the other thing for the one guy who did that one thing. And then that caused the other guy who hated that one other guy to do that other thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which caused that one guy to make that really big mistake who then he regretted it really bad. And then that caused him to make up lies. 
Right, right. So, I mean, awesome government I, surveillance fits into that somewhere. Because post 9-11 government surveillance is insane. Yeah, all throughout. All throughout this war. I mean, is the war even truly done? No. And all because back in 1939, Hitler invaded Poland, which created the Soviet Union to be able to spread across all of Europe. And then that created the Cold War, which led to this whole mess. (laughs) Also, the leader of China looks like Winnie the Pooh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually a, a very common joke online. I don't, I don't, I just had to throw that in there. Well, uh, that was a, that was quite a lot to take in for a 9-11 conspiracy theory. Yeah, you gave me way too long to study for this one. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I hope you guys enjoyed all of that. And like I said, this is a, a sore subject for a lot of people. Obviously, a lot of lives were lost during the, the attacks. And it affected a lot of people in a lot of places. I mean, I've heard stories of uh, people who weren't supposed to be in the building that day just ended up being there for the day because of a, a meeting that changed that, yeah. you know, changed that day. And, you know, their, their whole lives got affected. Their families' lives got affected because of that. So um, please don't take any of this as insensitive. Uh, we're simply talking about the, the theories here. Yeah. And there's honestly nothing that we said that hasn't been said a thousand times on YouTube or all across the internet and forums. Yeah. So, I mean, where do you think we got most of this stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, listen Absolutely. to other people. Form their own, like Mine is like a conglomeration of nine other people's <laughs> theories. Right, right. So, yeah. Hope, hope you enjoyed that episode, and I suppose that will be the conclusion for this episode. Hopefully next week we have a surprise for you guys. And if it does happen to uh, happen, uh, I'll send out a Facebook notification or something to let you guys know. But thank you for listening to Bizarre Conspiracies. Catch you in the next episode.